Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, a passage that tells the story of a man's transformation after experiencing the presence of Jesus. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'll take it, Lucy. Thank you. I mentioned, uh, you know, no, when you're the child of a pastor, uh, one of the things uh, about that means that you might be open to being a part of a sermon illustration. Uh, normally, most of the time, 95% of the time, I ask my kids uh, if it's okay. Uh, if I say that, I forgot. This is not about you, Ethan, so you can just you can rest easy. Uh, my daughter, who may be watching today, um, is a senior at Michigan State University. Uh, and sorry for the Illini fans in our midst today. Uh, so um, she's also a big fan of Harry Styles. Uh, so for those who don't know who Harry Styles is, think back to your teen, late, late teen, early 20s. Think about who was a musical talent that you just could not get enough of. Uh, maybe think about a time that you went to a concert uh, and you were so excited about going to that concert. And so Harry Styles was in Chicago, a very famous singer, used to be part of a very famous band called One Direction. And so Harry Styles was in uh, Chicago a few weeks ago. And so my daughter came back for the concert with a couple of friends of hers. And I also read an article uh, in the uh, Chicago Sun-Times about this. So they also, in addition to you could buy tickets to have a reserved seat, but they also gave general admission tickets too. And so uh, I read the article and some uh, super, super fans of Harry Styles, they camped out at least 48 hours before things opened up. So they literally had tents and they were lined up at the United Center so that they could be close to first in line and ready to get as close as possible. In fact, the end of this article said, the, the writer said, they still want to get as close to the star as they are allowed. They want however close I can get to Harry Styles, I just know that something magical will happen. My hunch is maybe what's going on. And so maybe you had that experience too of someone in your own uh, life that you enjoyed or maybe still enjoy. Maybe some of you would still camp out 48 hours for somebody uh, that you enjoy listening to. 
But I was struck uh, by that when I read that article, especially as I was thinking about uh, today, this story of Zacchaeus, somebody who wants to get as close as possible to somebody that they've heard about and maybe is even a fan of. So we are starting a new sermon series today called Limitless Thanks. Uh, And we're talking a lot about, uh, as you noted from some of the things that Erica said, we're talking about generosity uh, this month and the limitlessness of what generosity can mean for us in many aspects of our lives, not just financially. But today I want to talk about what happens or how do we begin to think about a transformation that can take place in our lives so that we are generous. And we see that here in this story of Zacchaeus today. So how many of you know the song? You know the song of Zacchaeus, we little man, yes, climb up the sycamore tree. And I think, I mean, it's great that we have those songs, that we remember those uh, tunes in our head, but sometimes when they are so stuck in our head, it kind of softens the picture a bit about really what's happening and who Zacchaeus was. So Zacchaeus, as we read in the passage today, is a chief tax collector. Now, in our, again, this may be a story that you've heard, and maybe that phrase, chief tax collector, rings a little bit true, but I don't think we quite get what this person really is and how much he was, for the most part, despised. So the Romans wanted their share. They wanted their taxes. And so they would hire out individuals who would collect those taxes for them. How many of you these days, when you go online, maybe to order a ticket to a concert, or maybe you pay a bill, and you look, and there's something on there that says convenience fee. Do we know? We know these things? Convenience. And whenever I see that, I'm like, you know, really, is it convenient? Not, you know. So anyway, we see these fees that pop up. So think of the chief tax collector and other tax collectors as people who love to charge convenience fees. So they would have to go out and collect taxes from people. So let's say the Romans want a certain amount, and the tax collectors say, I'm going to get that amount for them, and I'm going to skim a little bit off the top. So I'm going to charge them some convenience fees, however much was, 5 10 15%, whatever it is, and they're going to pocket that money. Now, the people knew this was going on, so you can imagine they're not in love with the people who are collecting convenience fees. So they're actually very despised. So tax collectors were wealthy, but didn't have a lot of friends. So we see here in the story today, maybe people are noticing that there's this chief tax collector. Somehow Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus. At the end of chapter 18, we read chapter 19, at the end of chapter 18, we see that Jesus has been healing individuals. And so perhaps Zacchaeus heard about this person, and perhaps he wants to go and see what is the story. Something is stirring within him, so much so that he runs and climbs this tree because he was short of stature. Now, I want you to imagine, we just finished that sermon series about, uh, or last week we talked about the senses. I want you to pretend and listen to some of that, perhaps catcalls, the boos, the people who are yelling out names at this chief tax collector, and then imagine the delight of this hated man actually climbing a tree like a child. And the glee that people probably had that this guy was embarrassing himself like this. But he, something within him made him think, I've got to get closer to this guy. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what I've heard is true, but I've got to get as close to this person as possible for transformation to happen. 
Just a little bit of an aside, if I, if you, if I can, about biblical interpretation. So uh, many years ago, back when I did an internship at a church in Chicago, this is when I was in seminary, and I was doing a Bible study with women who were in uh, this housing for low-income seniors. And we told the story of Zacchaeus. And I knew the story. And like, isn't it amazing? This guy changes his life and everything. So we tell the story. What does the story mean to you? And in my head, I know the answer, what they're supposed to say to me. Transformation. Isn't this amazing? And this woman raises her hand. And I said, yes. She says, I don't believe it. And again, this is me, like very, you know, seminary. I'm like, wait, this is not what? It's... <laughs> It's in the Bible. It says right here, Zacchaeus gives half, all this. And she said, I don't believe it. She goes on to tell her story. She had been taken advantage of by so many landlords, so many people like Zacchaeus in her life. She didn't believe that somebody could change their life just like that. And that told me a lot about biblical interpretation and how context matters and how we read with our own lenses and how that is going to impact how we see the Bible. So, sorry for that aside, but I just want to throw that out there, is how we read the scriptures matters. And the lenses that we read the scriptures, not just our own. I know it's tempting when we read the Bible and we think this is the objective truth. How I read the Bible, this is the way it is. And then somebody else reads it differently. You're like, oh, wait a minute. So we read this story, though. And so we read this story about Zacchaeus going and wanting to get as close as possible so that transformation can happen. And so this is what I want to encourage all of us to think about. This time of the year, many, many churches will be talking about generosity and giving and asking folks to think about that. But I think, I don't think we talk enough about what kind of transformation must take place in ourselves so that we can be generous in the first place. We may just automatically just think, well, I should be a generous person because the pastor says so. I should be generous because I've done it so often in my life. Or I should give a certain amount. And we don't think about, maybe I should stop first and ask ourselves, am I placing myself in a position so that transformation can happen within me? Before I even think about how much I might give of my time, of my money, of uh, my resources, everything else, am I stopping and asking myself, am I climbing the sycamore tree? Am I putting myself in a place so that Jesus and I can have this interaction and so that my life can be transformed? So before we think about that, before we think about how much we might give and how much we might be generous, it's important for us to first ask ourselves the question, am I putting myself in a place where transformation can happen in the first place? And we've talked about that a lot in, in recent weeks about how that can happen and it can happen in worship, it can happen in prayer, it can happen when we read the scriptures, it can happen when we're walking in nature, it can happen in small groups, it can happen when we're having fun with our friends from our community, all of these places. But are we intentional, like Zacchaeus was, are we intentional about putting ourselves in that place where transformation can happen? And then, when it does, do we allow ourselves to be transformed? That's another scary thing. Because who knows what might happen in our lives if transformation occurs. All kinds of things might be occurring in our own lives, things that we never thought possible. But when we get and interact with Jesus, as we see with Zacchaeus, amazing things can happen. I love the woman who said she didn't believe it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I hope that it was, that I hope that it did. That Zacchaeus had this amazing transformation and then becomes unbelievably generous. 
So are we putting ourselves in that position and are we allowing ourselves to be transformed? See, so many examples of this over the years of people who take those steps of putting themselves in the position, allowing themselves, and then acting on it. There's a woman at my previous church, <clears throat> uh, I'll call her Karen, and so her name's Karen. And so Karen talked about this really remarkable uh, conversion story. She was not a person of faith, but she had been reunited with her, she was adopted, she'd been reunited with her biological mother and went to stay with her biological mother for a weekend. She was very nervous and, as I said, was not a, a religious person at all. And when she went to the bedroom where she was, she noticed that on the wall was this picture, this really big picture of, and she described, and I'm just, this is how she described it. She said, it's like this Jesus who was cross-eyed with cherubs going across his chest and donkeys on his shoulder. And I was like, that sounds really fantastical. But that's how she described it. She looked up at this wall, this really big picture, and she saw this Jesus, cross-eyed Jesus, with cherubs going across his chest and donkeys on his shoulder. And her first thought was, I hope this big picture doesn't fall on me. But the next night, she looked again at this picture, and she said, she kept saying to herself, these words kept coming to her, and the words were, if only. If only. And then the third night, she said, same thing. She woke up and looked at this picture, and she said, it felt like something had come into her heart, and she didn't know what it was. She said she was so excited, didn't know what to do. Transformation was happening within her, and she said, I've got to go and find a church, and she found ours. But she didn't stop there. The transformation in her life that took place, she then took it upon herself. This is the, before the days of Uber, before the days of Lyft, all those days. She would get in her car, and she would drive around to bus stops in the community and ask people if they wanted a free ride to where they were going. This was her own act of transformation. This was the way that she was going to give out of what Jesus had done in her own life. And I see stories like this, or I've seen stories like this over and over throughout the years. One of our, I'm going to call it, so Nick is one of our technicians in the back. He's actually wearing an Urban Village shirt. And so that shirt was designed by a man named Paul. Paul was walking around, had kind of fallen out of faith. He saw on the ground a flyer for Urban Village Church, and he picked it up. I got to check this out. He started coming to church, and now Paul is in ministry in Seattle. I've told the story about a man named Alex, a college student that I baptized several years ago. And later that fall, we were talking about giving, and Alex came up to me after baptism, and he said, I'm going to start giving up one coffee a week. I'm going to give that money to the church. These stories of transformation of people who allow themselves to be transformed and then act on it in whatever way possible. You may not drive around, in fact, I don't know if I would recommend it, drive around to bus stops and offer to pick people up to give them rides. You might not design a t-shirt or go into ministry. But maybe you'll think about, if I allow myself to be transformed, what that might look like for me in my own life. And how will generosity be unlocked in all facets of my life? That's the thing. When we put ourselves in that position, Jesus is kind of selfish that way in that he would love to transform all of our lives. The way we give our time, the way we spend our time in our relationships, and yes, in our Zelle accounts, in our checkbooks, too. 
Friends, let us follow the example of Zacchaeus, who knew that he would be ridiculed, but just thought to myself, if only I can just get a little bit closer. I don't know what will happen, but I think something might. May we do what we can to climb our own trees so that we can get closer and then see what kind of transformation and generosity can take place in our own lives so that others can know the power of this transformation and generosity as well. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for transformation, for the ways that you do miraculous things, for the people who are never the same when they become part of your life and you become part of ours. Lord, we ask that you would transform us, that you would help us to slow down, to put ourselves in a position we open ourselves up even just a little bit and say, Lord, make a change in my heart so that I can be the change in our community. Come, Lord Jesus, transform us this day and always. Amen.